Hi, I'm Gareth, and over the last few weeks I've been talking about a book called The Code, a book published by Christian Vision for Men. The Code is basically 12 principles or codes that will help us to become better men. And this week we're going to be looking at Code 3, which is, I will unashamedly make him known through my actions and words. If you read the Bible, and if you are not uh, that much aware of what's in the Bible, a good place to start is in the New Testament. The Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And then the Acts of the Apostles. The Acts is the, the stories of the actions of these first followers of Jesus. And if you read the Bible for yourself, I think you will be surprised by how different is the message we often get today about following Jesus from the message that Jesus actually gave his first followers and the message that they received and the experiences of those first followers of Jesus and indeed of so many followers of Jesus even today. You know, we live in a culture which tells us that life is all about me. We are addicted to this culture, to our own comfort in this culture. Maybe it's not our own fault because, you know, every day we are bombarded by the messages in the media saying, this is what you want to buy, or this will make you happier. This is what you need to make others uh, envious of you. Maybe a new mobile phone, a new car, even a new body shape. It's all about us. It's all about me and getting me happier in life. They want to persuade us that if I do this or do that or get this or get that, it will make us really happy. It's the pursuit of personal happiness, looking after number one, which is continu continually pumped out across the media. That's the goal of our lives. The w that's the way it's portrayed anyway, to make ourselves happy and content in life. You know, even regular churchgoers, now, you might be a regular churchgoer, I don't know. But even regular churchgoers can come to think that God's number one priority is to preserve me and my loved ones, to keep us safe and to keep us happy. Sometimes the message we get can be, this is what you need to do to be a good Christian. You need to be a good person. You need to help others. Don't do this. Don't do that. That's what makes you a Christian. Often, a kind of casual commitment is asked for. It might be, say this prayer after me. Slip your hand up when everybody else's heads are bowed. Nobody can see you. Or it may be, come to a, a set of evening classes and then you can become a member of our church and therefore a Christian. Inevitably, I think, what is often produced today is something that looks like a Christian club with its rules and regulations. It's not much different from the golf club up the road. There's low risk. There's low commitment. As long as it works for me and keeps me happy, keeps me fit, I'll keep going. If something better comes along, then OK, well, we'll see about that then. You know, that's not the church that Jesus came to build. He said, I will build my church 
and the gates of hell shall not overcome it. That's in Matthew 16, verse 18. That's a powerful, uncompromising church that's not influenced by and it's not afraid of the culture around it. A take-it-or-leave-it attitude could not have enabled the Christian faith to grow from being the belief of just a few uneducated men, some of them fishermen, a tax collector, uneducated men and women, to reaching Rome, the centre of the Roman Empire, and then eventually being the faith of millions of people around the world. A take-it-or-leave-it attitude would not have empowered those first followers of Jesus to be martyred for their belief that he is the Messiah, the Son of God, who died for the sins of the world and rose again, conquering death for him and his followers. You know, today in the UK, we are unlikely to be killed for following Jesus. We may be laughed at, we might be marginalised, we might be thought weird, but all over the world today, people just like you and me who take following Jesus seriously are being persecuted and martyred for their faith in him as their captain, rescuer, brother and friend. Thousands of Christians are being killed every year for their faith in Christ. For them, it can be a life or death issue, as it was indeed for the first disciples. Those first disciples who had been so scared of the authorities when Jesus was arrested and crucified, after they had seen him rise from the dead, and after they had given the ho- given, been given the Holy Spirit and the mission to be witnesses to all that Jesus had done, were turned into fearless men and women. Let me read to you from Acts chapter 5 about these wonderful men and women. It's found in Acts chapter 5 and then verse 27. Having brought the apostles, they made them appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and saviour, that he might give repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious, and they wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, who was honoured by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered them that those men should be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed them, Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Thaddeus appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, all his followers were dispersed, and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census, and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed, and all his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone, let them go, for if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and they flogged them. 
Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin, rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name, the name of Jesus. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. Rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name of Jesus. Jesus had commissioned them to be witnesses of all that he had done and said and who he is. You know, that same mission is given to you and me who say we that we are followers of Jesus today. The great preacher C.H. Spurgeon once said, Every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. Strong words. So the message to you and me today from Code 3 is I will unashamedly make him known through my actions and words. You see, it requires both actions and words. We are not all called to preach the gospel on the street corner, but we're all called to be witnesses. Making him known is simply about letting our actions and words be a transparent lens through which people can see our inner conviction in him. It's way too easy, you know, to lead a two-tier Christian life, whereby we hide our faith at work or at play, and we only uncover it on a Sunday in a church building. That is being ashamed of Christ. The solution is not to Bible bash, which in itself can bring disrepute to Christ, but rather to be simple, open and honest about who we are and what we believe. You know, it might take a few months at work before it seems right to say something about our faith in Christ, but we should be praying and looking for the right opportunity rather than hoping that nobody guesses that we are Christian. It's all about our actions and then our words. In the past, you know, I thought, if I try to be a good person, a kind person to people in work, they will ask me about my faith. But it rarely happened. There are lots of kind people around us who are not followers of Jesus. But as I said, I need, and maybe this is for you too perhaps, to ask God for boldness and for opportunities, and then the right words to say when those opportunities present themselves. So I can tell them unashamedly about who Jesus is, what he's done for me, and what he can do for them too. I'd like to pray, and maybe you'd like to make this your prayer today too. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are who you say you are. Please help me to be a man who speaks about what he lives and put people in my path that need to hear about you. Amen. Let me finish by saying, if you would like to know more about following Jesus, please contact us here, or you can email me at gareth.pope at cvm.org.uk. And then please join me next week as we look at the next part of the code. See you then.